Good afternoon, everybody. Happy Tuesday and welcome on into another episode of Great Quarter Gals, our favorite show in freight, where we talk about incredible women doing incredible things in the freight and logistics space. I'm Kaylee Nix here with my lovely co-host, Grace Sharkey. Grace, you're home for once. It feels like you've been on the road a heck of a lot these last few weeks. That's crazy silly because I'm leaving tomorrow. Exactly, right? <laughs> right? You're going to Mats, right? Yeah, yep. I'm heading to Mats tomorrow, which should be a lot of fun. Uh, excited to do the SiriusXM show there live uh, for everyone going. Uh, you'll find us at the SiriusXM stage right in the North Hall. That Right when you enter, it's pretty hard to miss. So, uh, yeah, very excited for that. And it's going to be a fun couple of days around uh, the trucking community. So, uh, super fun. I want to talk a little bit more about Mounts before we get into our show for the day because the America Trucking Show in Louisville, Louisville, right? Louisville, Kentucky? Yep. Not Lexington. That's right. Okay. Yep. Louisville, Kentucky, one of the biggest trucking shows of the year, and it attracts a ton of talent. You're right there in the middle of the country. Everybody is kind of that confluence there in Louisville. And something really exciting in our space, of course, comes from Women in Trucking Association there at Maths. They host their Salute to Women Behind the Wheel. It's a huge gathering of the women drivers there, and really just this overall celebration of female talent in their space. Outgoing president and CEO Ellen Voya is, of course, super excited about the salute to women behind the wheel. Grace, will you be there to check it out and maybe shoot, shoot some video, give us some live perspective? Yes, that's my plan. I just literally got off the phone with Ingrid on working that out. Last year, I missed it because there's a story I was working on at the same time. So uh, this year, I've I've got my whole schedule planned. I'm going to hit everything that I need to do and still get some time to meet some uh, new faces. So, yes, I will definitely be there. And for the people that are still there on Saturday, Ellen will actually be on the SiriusXM stage as well for her show that she does on Saturdays there. So uh, very excited to see uh, the awards that they give out and, and the, of course, support that they showcase towards women in the industry because uh, we need more of them. Something we all, it's our main mission here with this show and uh, happy to join them. Uh, I believe that's Thursday uh, as well. The other great part of that as well, as we mentioned, Ellen is the outgoing CEO of the Women in Trucking Association. So she'll be welcoming in her successor. Of course, that change of leadership doesn't officially happen until later this summer, but I'm definitely excited to see the reception to her successor as well with the crowd. I know, right? So it should be an interesting uh, transition and she's just, it's, it's going to be kind of strange without her uh, a part of it. I'm okay. sure she's still going to be involved in some ways. But uh, as you and I know, we've talked to her before. She's got so many different passions, even flying as well. So uh, hopefully she gets some more time to enjoy those too. Who knows? Maybe she'll become a contributor for Flying Magazine. And we'll see her like that's, across that's, the street from Freightways yeah. here. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm thinking. Like she's actually even gets closer to us than we ever thought she could. <laughs> <laughs> that would be quite quite the twist of fate, but we love to see it. Awesome, Grace. So, of course, we'll catch you there at Matt's and catch all of your live coverage from that. It'll be great to hear about it. Before we get into our guests for today, we've got to talk news, and we've got some really great content coming out of our editorial director, Rachel Premack, who, of course, she writes the Modes newsletter, which is a super great zoom in into specific issues in the trucking atmosphere. This most recent Modes newsletter came out about the electronic logging device mandate, our ELD mandate that went into place a couple of years ago, and really looks and examines the merits on if the mandate actually increased safety or not, which 
it's still kind of a hot debate, right? We've got some studies coming out that say, you know what, maybe ELDs haven't as helped as much as they thought they were going to. What do you think about what Rachel had to write? Well, you know, she actually joined me on the radio show last night to go through a lot of this. And I find it, I find it fascinating, especially not even just this regulatory uh, mandate, but really all types of like government intervention or some type of regulation, the problems that arise out of the situation, right? The best thing about her article is it goes into almost these uh, different areas that lead to even a more unsafe environment at the end of the day, right? Drivers getting stuck in places without proper places to park, uh, having to deal with uh, issues with driver retention, which is like any other job, right? If you aren't keeping good people to see, it's probably becoming a less a less safe environment. Uh, and it just it's funny because we were having this really deep discussion on whether or not these problems that stemmed from the regulation of the ELD and this mandate were those problems always there, and this mandate just brought them to the surface, kind of like that. What came first, the chicken or the egg, or were these problems exposed? Uh, just faster because of the mandate, right? A perfect example she touches on is like detention. Sometimes I think that drivers just eat that because they're able to manipulate their books in order to kind of cover the detention issues they had. Well, now with this machine or this computer uh, telling the government, the federal government, how often they are you know, working uh, on the job, sitting, taking breaks, et cetera, uh, and sometimes not in the most favorable way. If you look at John Gallagher's reporting today, uh, are drivers more upset about detention and more concerned about being paid for it because of what the ELD mandate has done? So I just, it, it's a fascinating report. We've, we're going to be seeing a number of different uh, editorial teammates providing towards this uh, content the rest of this week as well. And it just, it's, it really provides some really interesting background into the problems that we're facing in this industry today. And like, just as maybe a critical thinker more, is like what these problems have come with or without this mandate mm -hmm. in place. So very interesting stuff. And if you want to dig in a little bit more to that conversation and hear Rachel talk about it herself, she joined Bill Priestley on his inaugural episode of Freight Waves Presents yesterday, along with some of our awesome editorial staff as well. You see Clarissa Haas there, John Gallagher, as well as Alan Adler. This is a brand new show that launched and it will air Monday afternoons here on Freight Waves TV, digging into some of those deeper topics, a little more long form with our writers getting to talk about some of their stories. If you missed that episode, you can find it on demand on tv.freightwaves.com. Head there after you're done watching us here on Great Quarter Gals, of course. And Grace, yes. I love your analysis of that. Definitely worth the read and definitely worth the watch. I think now it's time to go ahead and bring in our live guest of the day. And super excited to welcome this amazing woman in leadership on our show today. We've got Carmen Paolo joining us, who is the Chief Marketing Officer at Uber Freight. Uber Freight, of course, splashed into the news about two years ago and has continued making headlines. Carmen, thank you so much for joining us, and we're excited to talk to you a little bit about your journey, your business, and just to have you on our show. Thank you. It's so good to be here. So good to see you guys. Really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, I thank you so much for joining. Like Kaylee said, I think Uber Freight brought, helped bring about this technology revolution. So 
as a freight tech writer, freight tech nerd, uh, thank you for all that you have <laughs> done. We appreciate that. But let's talk about you. Tell us what brought you into this industry and what eventually drew you to Uber Freight at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. So I will say I am a logistics novice. Like I didn't know this space before I came into it, um, but I had been in technology for most of my career and done tech marketing. And so um, when the opportunity came open with TransPlace, it was interesting to me. It was in the middle of the pandemic. So the hot topic was supply chain and how do we unlock the supply chain, make it work better, all of those things. And having conversations with the leadership at TransPlace, I was able to really understand how we can, this industry actually does have a huge part to play in how this country moves, how the world moves. And, and in some ways, it's a feel-good job. It's a feel-good industry. But at the end of the day, it really does keep, keep the country and, and, and the globe running. So for me, it was kind of a no-brainer when, when I got the opportunity to join TransPlace. Um, I like learning new things. I like exploring new industries. So this was an opportunity to do that for me. And then, you know, six months into it, there was the announcement that Uber Freight was buying us. So that kind of changed things. But in a weird way, it just made things better for me, made things better for our company and made what we were doing more expansive. We could touch the carriers more. We could do, have more offerings for the shipper. So really just holistically, we were able to bring together this great carrier platform, this great shipper technology with, uh, with our TMS and with our um, our services on the TransPlace side and really have something new from an Uber, Uber Freight perspective. That Uber Freight acquiring TransPlace news was like one of the hottest topics summer of 2021. And I remember covering it pretty deeply here on Freight Waves and being like, wow, this is a really big M&A deal that's happening here, especially in the space of freight tech where it was in that M&A space back in summer of 2021. Things were hot, right? And it really made, as you mentioned, this, it made a lot of sense to take that carrier platform with the shipper technology and combine it into one. Now we're about a year and a half past the acquisition coming up on that two-year anniversary of it. How has that, that partnership really developed over the last year and a half to really two years, especially with the changing market conditions? And where are you guys looking and sitting right now as we head into the start of the second quarter? Yeah, so much has changed, right, since since mid-2021 when that announcement happened. And looking at it now, I think we're bringing the companies together, bringing the technology and the people together, because that's part of all of this too, right? It's technology, but it's the people driving the technology and that real deep domain expertise coming from both sides of the house. So how can we add it all together to make a better experience for shippers? How can we help optimize networks? How can we help, you know, especially in the soft market time, um, shippers are looking for better prices. Shippers are looking for ways to keep costs down, ways to maintain service. So how can we help with that? There's technology, there's services. We also offer consulting services. So for me, it's, and then for what we do, we're trying to do kind of see the whole picture here. T soft markets, you know, low market, high market, that sort of thing. Making sure that we are partnering with the shippers every step of the way and partnering with carriers every step of the way. So as it, as it relates to bringing our technology together, how can we bring that together to have a better experience for everybody? You know, how can we how can we provide information and ways of communicating back and forth between shippers and carriers and, and sharing that information to make a better experience across the board? It's really interesting, and especially with the TransPlace Uber Freight deal, it's fascinating to watch this entity that's really, TransPlace was tech-driven, but focused, you know, really known for their managed services, Right. Uh, right. And and the relationships with the shippers more directly and really solving hard logistics problems. And 
And not that Uber Freight's not doing that, but they're almost solving the hard problem of how do we bring all these parties together on a technology front. Now with those com- co- uh, combined, I guess, two groups, and going into this market rate, like Keely was saying, where, I mean, let's be honest, shippers, I'll point to the Freightways Pricing Power Index, where shippers <laughs> still uh, have some strong lead in that. Where are you working and how are your teams working to maybe remind both sides of that transaction how important the relationship is and how important it is to also like, I've got this question for drivers, like not bring costs so far down that drivers end up leaving and then costs go back right back, right back up. Right. So so getting out of this up and down, up and down every couple of years, right? The cycle is, it's, it's crazy. So I think a lot of it is just making sure that we've got that partnership and we're, we're, you know, like you said, on the transplay side, we have that deep consultative approach to the way we do things also on the Uber, Uber freight side coming in, but how do we partner and look longer term? So, you know, help those shippers see kind of long term and help them kind of prepare their networks for what might happen and be able to understand all of the options on how they can move freight, different modes, full truckload, LTL, different ways of moving freight um, and make sure that they know that those options are there so that if things do change in the market, we're able to help serve them in the same way, maybe in a different way, if that makes sense, but also in the same way so we don't disrupt what they're needing to do. And I think on the carrier side, it, it's really important that they that that we have a good relationship. They trust what we're doing. They trust the the shippers that we bring to them. It's a trusted partnership on both sides of the coin. So speaking of how the market has changed in the last kind of two years, a lot of the perception of the freight and transportation industry has changed as well because, as you mentioned earlier, the pandemic had everybody talking about supply chain. And we went from this very kind of niche siloed industry where people were like, yeah, truck on the road, it does its thing, right? I don't don't necessarily care about it, to the point where everybody cares about it. Then you see this combination between Transplace and a company like Uber Freight, who, of course, the first part of that name, Uber, right? Very synonymous with people moving. It has this brand reputation already. Right. And people see that and they think, okay, wait, are we talking about like Uber for goods now? <laughs> it gets a little confusing. How does marketing strategy really change when your audience becomes really interested in your industry all of a sudden and now starts to care about this? How do you change about who you're talking to and what your messaging is to get people to understand where you're coming from? Yeah, it's a beauty. It's it's beautiful for us to have this Uber brand, right? It's big, everybody knows it, but to your point, it means something perhaps very different in just car rides than it does in, in the freight world, right? So how do we get that across? I think it's really important for us to meet shippers where they are and really understand their business needs. What are they struggling with? And we have teams embedded with all of our, especially, you know, on the managed transportation side, embedded with our customers, understanding what their day-to-day is like, understanding what are the questions that they're getting asked by their C-suite, what are the questions that they're getting asked by their downstream partners, um, and making sure that we can help them address those. Um, We understand, again, thinking about what the C-suite is looking for, Sustainability is a big thing that's, you know, that companies are looking at right now. So how can we help them with those sustainability goals? How can we help them build out plans to reach those goals? So I think it's being really close to the shippers, close to the carriers too, knowing on both sides, what are they needing? What are they looking for? How can we help improve their business, help improve their experience, and really look at it as a partnership from that perspective? And I'm I'm hopeful from, from a marketing perspective that that helps 
give Uber Freight its unique identity. You know, we are part of Uber. Uber is our parent company, but we are here for a different type of service and a different type of audience. And I want to make sure that everybody understands that and that we address those needs. How uh, it's funny for me because personally, I, I come from more of the brokerage side, came into this job uh, with just more of that uh, operational perspective. And I will say my time here on how important marketing is to selling, especially a product, is completely flipped. So uh, kudos to you in that uh, and all marketers out there for uh, completely being maybe, uh, you know, sales. You just think in sales is all about relationships <laughs> at the end of the day, but the messaging, right, is so important behind it. Where do you find, uh, especially working in a, a company that's blended these two wonderful companies together, how did you work your your marketing strategy to make sure that maybe customers and, and those who aren't customers yet of the combined two uh, felt welcomed into that merger and, uh, and and not afraid of maybe products changing in a way that might hurt their overall logistics or s- supply chain? That's a really good question. We, you know, we have a couple of, we have a big conference every year for, for our shippers. Um, we also have a big conference for carriers every year. And so part of it is bringing people together, bringing people together in those bigger events. And then we have smaller events throughout the year and really explaining to them what this partnership, what these two companies coming together, the benefits of it and what it can do for them. And again, it gives you more options. It gives you more options when you you want a fully managed solution, when you want just a solution for your spot phrase and need a broker or anything in between. And so really getting in there, talking with our customers, being in front of them, having those conversations, hearing them. What are your concerns? What are your questions? I'm sure there's confusion. What is it? Let us talk through that so we can better understand that. And we do the same with our prospects and, and really try to get, get right there, right beside them to understand what doesn't make sense, what doesn't feel right. Let us explain it to you. So in some ways, from a marketing perspective, you know, I partner, as you would imagine, very closely with sales and, and we work through that messaging as it relates to events, what are the topics, what are breakout topics, things like that. And then on one-to-one meetings with, with customers and part, or excuse me, customers or prospects. How do we how do we really um, how do we really advocate for the customers and talk about the things that we're doing for them and how we can help them? I think too, you know, bringing two companies together like this, you have legacy customers on both sides, and how do you expose them to all of the offerings and all of the products in a way, kind of what you were alluding to that 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 doesn't turn them off, that that doesn't cause you know pause, and so it's really. It's all about the knowledge and sharing that information and talking about how things can complement each other. Um, and that's what we're trying to do every day here with our customers and prospects. So obviously we exist in this softer market conditions right now. And people, sometimes some people are just trying to keep their head above water. Some people are finding their, their smooth sailing, right? Right at the bottom of this market condition. And obviously we know this doesn't last forever. Sometimes market softness is a harbor for innovation and great ideas bloom out of tougher times. Is there anything that's happening right now in the space, maybe some emerging trends that really get you excited or things that you think could be turning the corner in the second quarter or even second half of the year that make you excited for the rest of 2023? Yeah, I think you're exactly right with where we are. Let's use the time. Let's use what we have to kind of innovate, think a little bit forward, that sort of thing. And so some of the things that we're looking at, again, just from a kind of customer relationship perspective, is how can we be that consultant with them? How can we have that consultative partnership with our customers to look a little, you know, 
three, five years out and, and, and help try to shore up their networks, for, you know, so we can, so they can weather the, any of the storms that come one way or another. Um, the other thing, though, from a trend perspective, I think it's a great time to talk again about sustainability initiative. How does AEV and EV play into that? Um, we're doing a lot of work and we've got a lot of partnerships as it relates to AV um, and EV. And, and how can we help these new technologies work for the betterment of, of shippers and carriers? And so that's part of what we're talking about now. And again, helping, helping these companies meet their sustainability goals, helping them understand the benefits of, of adding this type of um, mode to, to their network is some of the work that I think is important for us to do now to lay those foundations so that we can build stronger networks as we get into 2024. Well, as part of this show too, it's always great. We like to talk about different ways that women can excel within the spaces that they're in. And, and one of those, of course, is mentoring. And I'm interested, is there anyone at Uber Freight that's been able to help mentor you through this or has been a big part of your growth within this space? Uh, even maybe outside of a company that's gotten you to the position that you're in today? You know, it's a great question. I think I have, I, I look around, I have mentors all around me, um, especially, again, coming from the Transplace side of things. That company had been, has been here for 25 years. There's people who have been around and, and worked for the company for, for that whole time. So um, I really had some some great working relationships with folks coming from that side of the house and helping me to understand um, the industry and understand our technology and and how managed services works. And, you know, as you can imagine, I came into the industry news. So what is brokerage? What is managed services? And and now I, I speak it fluently, which is also very interesting. Um, <laughs> my husband now now knows what an intermodal, you know, inter- driving down the road and we see intermodal. I'm like, that's intermodal. It also goes on a train. So the whole family now knows <laughs> about the industry. But I think you're right. I think it's really important to have mentors. And I think, you know, um, our former Transplace CEO, Frank McGuigan, was a huge mentor for me and just bringing me in under his wing when I took the role and teaching me about the industry. And, you know, we always laugh. It's like, you know, marketing, I know the industry. Let's let's, let's pull this all together. So he's been great. Um, the folks, of course, on the Uber Freight side have been great. Lior Braun, from the technology perspective and and getting into this very innovative how are we going to disrupt things and do things differently? It's a, it's a great, I think it's a great balance to kind of the, what some would say is the steadiness of, of the transplay side and that, you know, that steady service model and this innovative technology model. I think it's a great balance um, for, for both sides of it. Um, so there have been a ton of great people. I, I haven't worked with a group of people that I've enjoyed more than, than what I'm working with now. And so it's a great industry to be in and, and I, am, I am blessed every day to be here. Carmen, we have been so lucky to have you on our show today. And before we let you go really quickly, I always love to round up the episode talking about goals and looking forward. Any personal or professional goals for you coming up oh either throughout the rest of the year or maybe as you look later down into your career line? I mean, that is, I, I always laugh as I started my career in sports marketing and here I am. So I have, I don't make any long-term <laughs> plans. Uh-oh, my lights went out. Hang on. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Electricity save. right? Um, but I think for us, for me, um, for the rest of this year is really bringing this messaging together for the new Uber Freight. You know, what is, what is our, our message to the market as these two great companies come together? How do we simplify that and make sure that everybody knows it and they know who Uber Freight is for Uber Freight, to your point earlier? Um, I think it's, it's really important to get there. That's what I'm, my team and I are focused on this year. And then, 
making sure that each of our customers knows how they how they can engage with us and how we can partner with them to help drive the industry forward. So there's a lot there. I may I may run a half marathon at the end of the year because I'm crazy and I have to do something to to challenge and, and punish myself a little bit. <laughs> I love it. It's, the activity sets off the rest of the work life. Well, thank you so much for joining okay. us today. Great to have you as always. Have a great rest of your week and we hope to hear from you soon. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Take care. So, of course, another fantastic woman in leadership to have on the show, Grace. Awesome to have her and honestly a great way to round out Women's History Month. Of course, this is the last episode of Women's History Month of March. If you missed any of our other episodes, you know where to find them, tv.freightwaves.com. Yeah, that was a really great episode, especially because we get to talk with someone who's been a part of a huge uh, merger, right? Like Mm -hmm. we're seeing all these crazy uh, M&A action over the last uh, couple weeks. I don't think we're going to see... Uh, I don't think that's the end of it. We're going to see that through the rest of this year. And it's really great that we get to speak to a woman who's been able to view that. I mean, that was a game changer when that came out. That's one of my favorite deals of that year. So uh, great catch up on that one. And uh, it's excited to see many, some more women we can bring on the truckload side of things and get some insider info on that too. We'll be working on that for sure, Grace. So we will catch you next week at Nats. I will be here in Freight Alley all next week as well. Thank you guys so much for staying tuned for today's Great Quarter Gals. We'll see you next Tuesday. One, two, three.